Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Father, we are grateful for the last week of October. Our eyes will see October 2020. Your power remains the same. This morning, as we partake of this, your flesh and your blood, your power will flow in the name of Jesus. Our wholeness will be established in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. For our health will not be a distraction. We will not spend our resources on hospital bills. We are blessed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Please put your hands together. Are you doing that very well this morning? Amen. One of our uh, protocol ladies, I think the brother attends our church, um, he had a problem with his health, I think it was last two weeks. And it was just getting worse and worse, and it deteriorated that it was on oxygen, and they ran to me in the office, I think two Thursdays ago. And we had to pray, the guy's out now, praise God. And it's, well, thank God. And it's amazing, with all the pains and the oxygen, they checked everything, there was nothing. I mean, there was nothing they could trace that was causing it, but the thing was happening. It was on oxygen. And then uh, one of our ladies ran to me last week, Sunday, was she had to whisper that, Pastor, when you prayed for us, uh, you laid hands on me at the Radiate Conference that Saturday. I'd, ha- I'd had a 12-year problem. That day stopped. Ah, it stopped. 12 years. So I pray in the name of Jesus, no matter the situation in anyone's health or even destiny, there will be complete healing today. There will be complete restoration today. You will not leave this service the way you came. In the name of Jesus Christ. You may please uh, take your seat. I have a a few slides. Um, I will try and run through it so that we can buy time. In Psalms 103, from verse 1, it is clear that one major aspect of God's um, work on man is our healing. Jesus wants us healed. He wants us to be whole. Don't ever doubt that. Don't let the devil ever tell you that it is God that put the sickness on you. No. You might have made a mistake, but his mercy will prevail in Jesus' name. So you find that um, David, even before Jesus came talked about healing. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his. If David can be enjoying these benefits in the old covenant, how much more us in the new covenant? Who forgives all what? Your iniquities. I pray that mercy will prevail this beautiful morning. 
in the name of Jesus, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases. So God is interested in our health. We cannot fulfill destiny without mental and physical well-being. Last week Sunday, we had great time talking about uh, uh, mental well-being. We cannot fulfill our destiny, especially in a church where we are raising great people that will bless their world. Greatness will demand from your physical, uh, from, from, your, from your body. Meetings upon meetings, travel upon travels, here and there. Sickness and disease is a major distraction to the fulfillment of destiny. And that's why we do our best to focus on that almost every October of every year. And now we've extended it a bit, not just a physical well-being, also our emotional well-being. Glory to God. And then in Acts chapter 16, verse 29, I, I mentioned in the other service today that any time you... One, your, 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 our work with God demands responsibility. I love the way this man responded to Paul and Silas. You know, he's a jailer. Uh, and then they brought two apostles to him, I think, and their team. And they, he knew that these guys were Christians. They claimed to be saved, that God is working with them. And they handed them over to him to keep them well in the prison. But when he saw the hand of God upon their lives... The next thing he was asking is, what must I do to be what? I, I like that. What must I do? What steps can I take to, to enjoy this that God has provided? Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And verse 30, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I love that. Oh, it has been provided for. What is my part to play so I can enjoy it? And then they told him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess and you and your household will be saved. And the entire household was saved. Healing has been provided for. But what must I do to walk in it? For instance, salvation, it says it's free, right? But you, you won't enjoy it until you believe and what? And confess, you must, Jesus won't do it on your behalf. Just, Jesus will not say, okay, I love Austin so much. Okay, on behalf of Austin, I confess. No, Austin has to believe and confess. It is what people misunderstand when it comes to the responsibilities of a Christian. Fine, there's a thin line between uh, doing from a legalistic perspective and doing from a covenant responsibility perspective. Healing belongs to everyone, especially if you're a Christian, but you have to have faith. There are things you must do from your own side to receive even your own money in the bank. is your money. Do you just go there and start slapping everybody? Give me my money. There is what you must what? Do. You must fill a form. It's your money. Yes. But you don't just enter and then look for any box. My money is 5000 Yeah. No. You fill a form. You line up perhaps and then you sign something. If you don't do those things, will you get your money? Is it not your money? Yes. Will you get it? So because people don't, people try to say, we have grace, uh, exceeding grace. That's why we can do No, yes, that even the grace, there is what you must do in that sense to walk in the fullness of it. That's what led to things like laws of greatness. It's not from legalistic perspective. It's just to show you 
the things you must do to enjoy what has been provided for. If you have two billion in the bank, when you enter, the least you will do is to sign something. A paper. You can't say, I'm bigger than all these papers. My money is two billion. I'm bigger than all this. I'm not, I'm not going to sign anything. Give me my money. They will appeal to you, but the appeal is for you to do what? Sign. You still sign. Do it your money. So I'm going to talk about some laws that I think would help each one of us to enjoy uh, divine health. The first law is the law of exchange. Every year we try to remind every one of us that when you understand the, our work with Jesus Christ. Can we get on the slides if you can? Thank you. The law of exchange. There are two parts to Jesus. The person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. Can we say it together this morning? And they? Okay. The person gets you into the kingdom easily through salvation. The principles help you to enjoy the kingdom. If you don't walk in those principles, you will not enjoy the kingdom. It's as simple as that. In the UK, for instance, uh, I think, is it right hand drive? Is it right hand drive? Right hand drive in the UK. We have left, we are left hand drive in Nigeria. In the UK, is right hand drive. Yes, they give you UK visa. Great, that's like the person. You've entered UK, but the principle of driving there says you drive where? The right. You now say, no, where I'm coming from is left. I will not do anything except left. You will not enjoy driving in that. You can even go to jail. Though you have the visa, the person of Jesus grants entrance to the kingdom. The principles of Jesus helps you to maximize your kingdom. So we have the exemplary work of Christ, praise the Lord, and the substitutionary work of Christ. Can somebody pronounce that word this morning? Substitutionary. What are the synonyms of substitutionary? Because it's not easy at times when I'm... I try to practice it before I come on Sunday morning. So I don't disgrace myself on the internet. Subsidiary of, you know, it's substitutionary. Which are, what are the synonyms of that? Exchangeable. Exchangeable. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> what are the similar words, madam? English, madam? On, on behalf of... Amen. What is... On behalf of... Okay. Amen. Do you understand? Can you pronounce the first one there? Amen. Say louder. Amen. When you come to church, it's total development, isn't it? Amen. Your grammar should improve it. Yeah. Exemplary work of Christ help you to work in character. So when you, are, when you are studying the Bible, there are statements that help you to see that this one is exemplary, meaning I follow the example. It builds our character. For instance, I think it's in Matthew 11 there, but you hear statements like, Come and learn of me. That is, be like this. For meek and lowly. If I, in Philippians, it says, Let this mind be in you as it was in Jesus. When you hear that, it's exempt, that is, be like this. But there's the other part, which is the substitutionary. That is, this thing was done on your behalf. He was rich. For my sake, he became poor. That me through his poverty might be made rich. That's substitutionary. He himself bore my sins and my iniquities. By his stripes I am made whole. That is substitutionary. 
Okay, because if you don't understand that, you just meddle everything up as ah, Jesus Christ suffered, so I suffer in that sense. If there's any suffering that we have to suffer, it's persecution for righteousness' sake. And it's clear that if they persecuted him, they will persecute us. That's exemplary. So in your office, as a Christian, they might mock you. In your family, they might mock you. Everything, Bible, Bible, talk, talk. Now, wow. Sometimes they even go beyond. That's persecution. But when it comes to sickness and disease, he bore our sickness so that we can be healed. It's very important we understand that. If you go to scriptures like Matthew 9, verse 35. Matthew 9, verse 35. You find that even when Jesus was on earth, he was busy healing. Teaching and healing. It's always important to note these scriptures down. In the day of need, you have access to it yourself. You're writing it down. You're typing it down. Uh, that's why we come to church to be serviced. Then Jesus went about, excuse me, all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness, every disease among the people. Very important. Every. That's his passion. Everywhere he's teaching, he's preaching, the next thing is his healing. Matthew 4.23. Matthew 4.23. Your health will not be a distraction. Amen. Your health will not cut your journey in life short in Jesus' name. Amen. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds. Because there are many kinds. All kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Just to um, refresh our faith that Jesus is in the business of healing all kinds. And it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we say that uh, in, in the school of um, exchange... Our faith, faith is the first access to that faith. Faith, that you must believe that he will make me whole. You must believe that this sickness is not to death. Jesus will make me whole. Faith will deliver to the level of its intensity. The reason I mentioned, uh, we quoted those two scriptures just now, is to refresh your, when you read that kind of thing, he's healing all manner, he's doing this, then you too, you'll be angry. That do it in my life. Intensity of faith. Because many of us give up too easily. We let go too easily. I, I, there's a book I just finished and really blessed me. This author was trying to separate instant healing and, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, the process healing, so to say. That most Christians lose their healing because they did not experience instant healing. Whereas, he now quoted many scriptures where, uh, there's a particular example where he said, the guy had a terminal problem, and scripture says, his body began to amend that hour. He began to amend. The guy did not receive the instant. For many don't get instant healing, where they pray for you and then everything goes. So when they don't see the instant uh, manifestation, the devil tells them, is it didn't work for you. And then they shut down their faith and the process stops. And the guy that his body began to amend, scripture says, this miracle did Jesus do. So whether it's instant or progressive, it's a miracle. 
It can take a month. It can take two months. But is it not better? It's better. Some people, are, by next, maybe on Monday morning or Tuesday, I felt something, maybe it didn't really happen for me, and they just doubt and shut it down. Intensity of faith. Uh, we read the story, Mark 10. 10, Mark 10, uh, 46. There's a man, a blind man called Bartimaeus. I always uh, enjoy using him as an example. Now, they came to Jericho as he went out to Jericho with the disciples and a great multitude. Somebody say great multitude. That's, they were following Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. I worship you. I like that with me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and when blind Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to do what? And say, Jesus, son of David. What? God's healing mercy will prevail today. Amen. Healing mercy. But look at what happened in the next verse, verse 48. Then many, not one person, many want him to be what? This is where people miss out, not just on healing, even destiny. You do an exam, and then you didn't do well, and then you become quiet. You don't take any step anymore. Because life will always try to tell you to stay where you are. It could be friends, it could be situations. But intensity of faith is what separates the ordinary from the extraordinary. You know, multitudes were following Jesus, and then somebody shouted, have mercy on me, and then many people say, keep quiet. Many of us, we stop there. Okay, I'm, okay I'll just manage my life. I'll just stay where I am. And what you decide, God can't force anything against you. But he cried out all the more. That's why I mentioned intensity of faith earlier about healing. Son of David, do what? Have mercy on me. Verse 49. So Jesus stood still. I asked, why did he stand the first time? Everybody can cry the first time. But the people of faith, the real people of faith, will cry the second and the third or the fourth time. Anybody can cry the first time. Anybody? You know, the story of Ruth, I just did some study on the book of Ruth. Ruth had two um, daughter-in-laws, Opa and Ruth. And then she was going back to Naomi, sorry, had two daughter-in-laws, right? Opa and Ruth. And then she was going back to her country in Israel, and she said, you, you guys, your husbands are dead. Go back to your, your people and marry somebody else. And the two of them said, no, we'll go with you. We have been a good mother-in-law. So they were going, and, and later she said, you people should go back. Even if I go to our country, will I give you a husband? When she said it the second time, the other-in-law, Opa, said, amen, thank you, ma. And she went back. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I mean, but she went back, yeah. But Ruth said, ah, where you go, I will go. You're, she was able to discern that destiny is here. This is not an ordinary relationship. So she went with Naomi to her land, as she got back there, restoration started. She got a husband. God restored her. The man called Boaz married Ruth. Ruth and Boaz gave birth to Obed. Obed gave birth to Jesse. 
Jesse gave birth to David. Ruth, that is not a Jew, she's from Moab, now became the grandmother of David. Great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. But there was a second move. So if you give up too easily, you can't fulfill destiny. In business, in career, in ministry. At the sight of any little shaking, you are afraid. I'm not doing it again. I'll just stay where I am. You will not fulfill destiny that way. The guy, they say, don't keep quiet. Stop. He shouted him out. Are you the one that is blind? You can see me. You are telling me to keep quiet. But that's how life is, isn't it? Let's get back to that verse, please. That's how our year is now. You, are, you can see Jesus. But I can't see that you keep quiet. Right when he will pass this place again. So he shouted the more, you know, and, and, and just to, and commanded him to be called. Ah, you look at the, he, he commanded him to be called. He separated himself from the other blind men, from the masses, from everybody. Then they called the blind man, the IO people. They called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Look at people. So they are saying, oh, he has called you. Praise God. You are telling him to keep quiet. Say, be of good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. Verse 15. And throwing aside that garment of sickness, you throw it aside today. That garment of shame, you throw it aside today. That garment of disfavor, you throw it aside today. That which you are known for that is not in your destiny, you will throw it aside in the name of Jesus. He throwing aside his garment, the garment of blindness. He rose and came to Jesus. Verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. He now joined the Buddha and said, don't follow. Don't make noise. Let nobody stop you. Let no situation stop you. When the testimony comes, there are the same people that will be saying, hey, thank God for that guy. I, I, just, I just knew I was going to make it. You know, people, I just knew there was something about that. Ah, I, just, I just knew there was something about him. Yeah. Your faith must be intense, must be persistent, must be stubborn. Jesus must know that you are not taking no for an answer. Hmm. And then your tongue. In the school of total health, your tongue matters. Many of our parents did not know that. Many of our parents, especially from where I come from, were negative. You will hear statements like this. Ah, if you look at the meaning, you can't be saying this. You will have what you say. The principle of the tongue is both curative and or preventive. Even if the matter is bad, let the weak say, you have to speak your way to correcting what was not correct in your organs. Our words can make matter move. <laughs> matter, anything. What's the matter? What's the matter? What's the noun? <clears throat> Excuse me. What's the noun? Even number what? <clears throat> Animal noun. A noun is a noun. A is a fish. <laughs> Did you do that in your school? I went to a village school that you know. A noun is a noun. Uh, a jadidi is a fish. Which other one? <laughs> eh? You did, you're a fish man. What, who knows it here? Who's a village man here? Eh? Omigari is a water. 
Did you pass my egg there? <laughs> Sorry, please. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Mark eleven twenty-three. I didn't do uh, nursery rhymes. I didn't go to nursery school. There's nothing there's nothing I rhyming. I went straight to primary one. My 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 younger sister went to nursery school. I didn't even know there were nursery rhymes. It was painful growing up. Now you had your colleagues in secondary school singing some songs. You know, where did you get this one from? They <laughs> say, don't go, say, don't go to nursery school. What's even nursery school? It's primary one straight. <laughs> A black, black, black sheep. Have you ever? Yes, yes, that. Many of you don't know it. Our daughters were the ones teaching me. Black what? Baba, black sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir, yes, sir. Three, three bags full. One for the dim. One for the little. Yeah, hear something now. Black sheep, are you any wool? Yes, sir, yes, sir, Timbabi. One for the master, one for the day, one for the little bit of engine. Eh, good day! <laughs> For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be what? And be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says uh, will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. You will have what you say. So you can speak your intestines into wholeness. You can speak your kidney. Even when you are taking tablets, perhaps. Intensify on the confessions. I, I, I was reading one book yesterday night. He said, can you say it 50 times in a day? If you really mean it, face it. My body is whole. If they told you that your kidney is the problem, that you might die of this thing, face it. And you see what God will do. Get a line or two lines from scriptures. My kidney, you are working fine. I'm, I'm, you can take all the medical processes, fine. But intensify, you speak light out of darkness. You know, there was darkness upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. So we receive our wholeness from this creative mouth. Especially when you are using his word. His word will correct what was wrong. And if your body is already whole, his words will retain what you have. So it's both preventive and it's also curative. Beware of idle words. Uh, my legs are killing me. This is my back. Hey, you don't go kill me for this Lagos. Uh, no, don't be talking like that. This leg. Wow, you don't go kill me. No. Watch your words. Mind your language. In Joel chapter 2. Sorry, Joel chapter 3 verse 10. Joel chapter 3 verse 10. Um, beat your plowshares into pruning hooks. Beat your plowshares into swords. How do you pronounce that word? S W O R D S. Because I've heard all kinds of. Huh? N- it's not sword. Please. You said sword. I didn't know myself before, you know. It is what? Sword. Say it again. 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 Beat your plowshares to sword. Now, there's some mistakes I make in church. Uh, Pastor Bimbo, when we get home, I'll be laughing. Thank you for service today. I thought we'd give thanks to God. We just said, this word is not like this. I said, thank you very much. 
She helps me a lot correct my grammar. So I'm, I'm improving too. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spares. Let the weak save. You speak your way from weakness into strength. Let's go on. The next, um, ah, my time is just, not, the time is flying. Let's go to the law of stewardship. Uh, serving God. Serving. 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 Um, one of the benefits of serving God is health. And uh, perhaps we'll take more time to teach on this another time. But find, ensure that your life is an active service with God. Don't be an I do steward. It's not being a steward that blesses. It's being a faithful and productive steward. I discovered that people that are productively engaged in active service they, with, to God from their heart, seeing his kingdom improve, seeing his kingdom get better, they don't spend their resources on hospital bills. So don't be an idle steward. Serve. We are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. Even in the natural. Look at this. Anytime you park a car and you don't use it, it begins to disintegrate, isn't it? The, the glory is in the use of it. So now that you are saved, he has redeemed you from darkness to serve the living God. Let that new life be productively engaged for him. It starts with your heart, but it must not stop with your heart. It goes into your hands, your legs. If I wasn't healthy, I wouldn't be taking multiple services. Don't be a weakling. Be productively engaged. On Sunday morning, don't stay at home. I hope you are hearing me. You are watching online. Many people watch online for legitimate reasons. But some others watch online for lazy reasons. It's not the best for you. Fellowship with people, with God's people. Even when rain falls, don't you go to work? Don't you go to market? So all those things, we need to outgrow that. We are, we are stewards, faithful stewards. You get up on your bed, take your bath, and go to church. And fellowship with God's people and then serve. You're an usher. You're singing. You're helping with the, uh, the children. He said, you shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and your water. Exodus. Let's go to Exodus. Exodus 23, 23. There about 25. Exodus 23, 25. You just get busy serving. He will keep your health in shape. Glory to God. I believe he does that so you can serve well. He says, and you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will do what? Bless your bread and your, and I will take sickness. Can you imagine? That's, that's, it's always there. I will take sickness away from the midst of you, but serving. You can be a Christian and not really be serving. You're just there. Be productively engaged. Make a decision before 2020 to find a place where your, your labor, your energy can find expression in God's house. And the more workers we have, the merrier. We need more ushers, more people in the junior church. We need more people so that others can have time to attend service. But if you have few workers, they are always stretched. Don't be a chair warmer. And then some of, some of you, to warm the chair, you even do it with some, with some attitude. Come to church, they say, you sit in that place, I can't sit there, please. Please, this is it's a seat you can sit. Place, I can't sit there. You know, go somewhere else. I just be troubling everybody. I'm not doing anything. I don't want to be criticizing church on Twitter. All these churches are not doing anything. What are you doing, you in the church? Amen. Let me not go too far in that area. Glory to God. Saved to serve. 
Let's go to the next law. I think the, the law of love. The law of love. Um, one, nothing hinders health like malice, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness and bitterness block our access to God's grace, thereby making healing impossible. Loving people in spite of who they are or what they have done brings ventilation to your soul. Look at the scripture. First John chapter 3, verse 14. In the school of health, you can't be living in unforgiveness, bitterness, and enjoy the flow of divine health. It blocks the flow of blessings. And one area that begins to show up is your health. That's why I think ladies have more health problems than men. It's just personal opinion. Because ladies are emotional, men are logical. So some things linger in the heart of ladies more than men. Especially if you look at the older generation. You see some people, they've not spoken to some cousins for 25 years. You are great. <laughs> and they'll be counting it. I stopped talking to them from 1975. Precisely December. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like an achievement since 1975. And I vowed. <laughs> and I vowed I'll not talk to them again. So what is the trophy of that one? I'm not saying you should be close to everyone, isn't it? But there's, there's a level of maturity in God that you rise above it. People do things to the level of their understanding. That will help you pass some people. Some others, it was Satan that used them. Okay? So, feel for them. There was a time Peter was talking to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, get thee behind me. So people can speak by satanic inspiration. But don't allow anybody's own weakness or lack of spiritual growth begin to hinder your life. Release them. I said humorously in the other service, many of us have prison sentences. You know, I would never talk for the next one month. I'm not going to call that person. One month. That's one month uh, the sentence. For some people, till this year ends. That's how many months? Three months. For some, throughout 2020, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not good. One year. And there's some people, I'll never, till I die. That's what? So they are kirikirid. And that's why their lives are going down. The prison is not a good place. We know we have passed from death to life. Why? Love, love. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Sickness and disease, if not healed, leads to what? Depression, arthritis, suicidal thought, if not death, will lead to what? So when you expose yourself to hatred, unforgiveness, you abide in a terrain where the healing of God can't reach you. Look at the next verse. Whoever hates his brother is what? And you know that no mother has eternal life. Oh, eternal life is the life essence of God. I said in the other service, um, we have uh, animal life, sorry, plant life. Plant life is one of the lowest. Okay, those lives are progressive. Animal life is higher than plant life. So you find that human, I mean, animals like goats or sheep, can eat plants. It's very rare to see a plant eating an animal, except in Nigerian villages, you know, <laughs> and, and, and on WhatsApp. 
Yes. It's also a plant. You see the leaf doing like this. I swallow the head of the of the ghost. Hey! I said, you post it to your friends. If you want to have a wonderful week, you too, you now carry it and spread it. Now, people should be aware of this plant. It's eating goods. The human life is higher than the animal life and plant life. That's why humans, it's easier for us to eat salad, the plants, and then barbecue or goat meat and all this stuff. Even when a lion sees a human, there's this first reverence, if you look at it. There's reverence. In fact, some of the attacks is because of fear to defend themselves. And then we have higher wisdom to deal with them. It's easier for a human to use a gun to kill a lion than a lion using a pistol to kill. But you can find it in Nigeria. Too. <laughs> in our movies, you can find lions just like this. Mm. <laughs> and then higher than the human life is um, demonic life. The realm of the spirit is higher than human life. That's what diabolical people do. So when two people are fighting, they are humans, right? So the guy now goes to meet a, a necromancer or ritual or whatever to conjure demons. They sacrifice. He knows that with the deployment of those demons, he can deal with that person. But that's the reason for witchcraft. It's the desire of humans to be higher than other humans. He knows, he or she knows. I mean, which one do you have more? Witches or wizards? <laughs> Ladies, answer me now. Which one do we have more? <laughs> okay, both, both. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Amen. Anyway, I mean, they are fake witches, though. So, what I'm talking about, people that are really going to those uh, realms. So, and that's why people join cults, too. So that they can engage demons for their benefit. On that realm, they are not on the level of other humans. That's why you see them. They can oppress their family members. No, higher than the demonic life, the highest form of life is eternal life. The life of God. That is what we receive when we get saved. Inugo? You understand me? That's why in his name, we would cast what? We cast them out because they are not our mates. So when you are living in unforgiveness, it short-circuits the flow of that life, which unknowingly reduces you back to the human level and makes you a victim of either demonic attacks or the things that happen to humans normally. Am I making some spiritual sense? So anything in our lives that help our it, all those life essence, plant life, microbial life, animal life, they have what they feed on to blossom. Plants have nutrients in the soil that they must enjoy if they must be vibrant. Humans have to eat food. If you don't eat food or drink water, the human life will look somehow, you know, people just withdraw down and look sickly. Eternal life, anything that stimulates eternal life, you need to keep inputting it. Number one, God's word is our principal food. That's why I say faith comes by hearing and hearing. So, have you noticed that when you are studying God's word, you have this boldness. It's that life that is saying who comes, who is there, what is that. But when you are not studying God's word, the eternal life will appear dormant. The communion is also one place where we stir up eternal life. The flesh is, is the, the bread is his body. The drink is his blood. The communion table by faith communicates the life of Christ. 
When that life enters, death must give way. So you find that some people that understand it, they have cancer, and they stay with the communion for six months, the cancer begins to bow. The way Dagon bowed to the Ark of the Covenant. The way the rod of the magicians and sorcerers was swallowed up by the rod of Moses. Because what the rod of Moses was carrying is that eternal life. They came with their demonic life, which is real. There are, there are demonic things. But the higher life came and swallowed it. Confession tears up the eternal life. So anything that empowers the flow of eternal life in your system, embrace it. Keep doing it daily. The world is getting darker. And anything that short circuits the flow of eternal life, run away from it. Negative statements. Negative confession. Unforgiveness and bitterness. It's one reason why when the devil knows he cannot touch you, people begin to offend you a lot. It's a strategy. He knows what he's doing. That If I can stop the flow, attacks will get across easily. So learn to forgive. Learn to have discussions with people. Sometimes what you call misunderstanding is because you've not asked the person. Go and meet the person and express yourself. Either the person apologizes, but whether they apologize or not, learn to free yourself on time. Don't keep people in prison. You are in prison yourself. We are free in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's close. The law of generosity. Malachi 3, 10 and 11. When God was teaching me about tithing several years ago, the statement, the devourer is rebuked for your sake, caught my attention. And I began to study it. One major benefit of tithing is keeping the devourer at bay. You are a covenant person. You can't be a tither and Satan is still devouring your resources. And one way the devil does it is through sickness and disease, health problems. One child is sick today, and that one is, no, 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 uh, this one is, no, no. You stand your ground. So when we are tithing, you worship God with your tithe. Lord, I'm, a covenant, I'm your covenant daughter, covenant son. I worship you with my tithe. I see your kingdom progress in my generation. Lord, and I thank you because I am a delightsome land. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. He will not destroy or devour my ground. Those who tithe should not be spending money on hospital bills. And for those of you that have been doing it, check your life. You hear stories. You hear things. But you realize that yours is not like that. And you will not see it in Jesus' name. Yeah. I've seen the devil devour whole families with sickness and problems. Everybody contributing. And the things not getting better. Everybody. That, that woman said she has spent all her resources and she was nothing better. Say, bring all the things to the storehouse that I may meet in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not pour you the windows of heaven and pour you out such what? Blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So, tithing charges our blessings. Our heavens are open. It's already there, but we keep it active. Next verse, verse 12. Hello, verse 12. Say so that I will rebuke. Oh, sorry, you are correct. 11. I'm sorry. And I will rebuke the what? So he, that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. <laughs> so when I'm tithing, Lord, I thank you because I'm saved. I worship with my tithe. From what you have given me, I honor you with my tithe. 
And I thank you because I am a delightsome land. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. It is well with my household. And then you see God, you see things covered up. God is covering your weak points. So that even when the money doesn't look like it's much, it's enough because things that should drain it should not be draining it. Glory to God. And then in Psalms 41, helping the less privileged, giving to the poor. It's a blessed, uh, is he that consider the poor. We do that here uh, every month. The first Sunday of every month is our Club 58 Sunday. Club 58 is coined from Isaiah 58. Be a covenant practitioner. Remember what I said earlier. What must I do? So scripture will always reveal to you the covenant steps you should take to enjoy certain things. But I realize that the thing I'm asked to do is always insignificant to what comes from him. It's always a great deal. Blessed is he who considers the poor. What happens? The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Verse 2. The Lord will preserve him and he will be blessed on the earth. He will not deliver. Don't you like this verse? Back to school, uh, faith the widow, uh, scholarship that we do in church. Whatever area. Be consistent with it. Now look at the next verse, verse 3. Said so the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of? You will sustain him on his sick bed. He will be nurtured back to health. If you can get that in ERV or, or, or Amplified Classic. So when we help the less privileged in cash and in kind, we thank God for the privilege to be a blessing. It's a privilege to put laughter, to put joy in somebody's heart. And then we go beyond and receive what God has, uh, has, 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 has provided. And what you do is to declare it, Lord, I thank you for the blessings of Psalms 41, 1 to 3. It's abiding in my life. And you say it. Or you go to Isaiah 40, uh, 58, uh, 6 to 12, and you say, and I many other verses like that. Glory to God. He said, look at this. He says, he says the Lord will sustain, refresh, and strengthen him upon his bed of languishing. That languishing is pain. Ah. But he will be strengthened out of it. All his bed, you, O oh Lord, will turn. Change and transform in his healness. If you can get ERV, it will be uh, also good. So when you are, and I encourage mothers to be a part of this. Don't wait for problems. Resist it by your covenant work. Have a plan and teach your children to help. Don't wait for when I get my money, I will now help the poor. Uh, you start where you are. Look at this. When they are sick in bed, the Lord will give them what? I'll make them well. Covenant practice. The blessings that come from it, money cannot buy. He said, we rebuke the devourer for my sake. Now he said, even when they are sick, I will strengthen him and make his best. So have a system. The least you can do is what we do in church. The first Sunday of every, next Sunday is even Club 58 Sunday. You package a seed. You put Club 58. And then you say, Lord, thank you. Somewhere a widow is receiving what you are giving. We have scholarship schemes we do in church. We have some projects we do all around. There's a, there's a hospital we have somewhere in um, uh, your state where we pay their salaries every month and we give them um, um, medical supplies every month. Okay, just to keep the hospital running. Those are the places money, money is going to. The Lord will give you some extra things to do. You will give to your size. We spend hundreds of thousands literally every month in our family to help people. But it didn't start from there. Yours might be 10,000 for a start or 5K. But see yourself doing multi-millions. 
I'm trusting that God will give our ministry cargo planes. Say amen now. Cargo planes to, to lift things, to bless humanity. Moving from here to whatever state, ravaged by flood, ravaged by civil war. And, and, then, and then we come to church. We need 2,000 bags of rice or 10,000. Either we're doing it by air or by ship, depending on how fast they need it. Think far because the one of giving somebody rice, uh, socks, is a great start, but it's the lowest. There are higher levels. Business people, can you look at your business as a point of contact to help humanity? That if I run this business well, it will expand. If it expands, I will employ more people. Can you have that mindset? Ah, I want this business to look at multinationals, how many people they employ. See yourself like that. Not just making money, making money. Money will come, but see yourself. Because when somebody is gratefully employed, you have resolved a lot. You have a company that is running well, you employ security men. You employ cleaners. You employ accountants. You employ a middle manager, senior manager. You are touching lives. That's greatness. Blessed to be a blessing. John D. Rockefeller, if you read his biography, the first American billionaire. He had a problem with his health. <laughs> and then doctor said he has, I think, six months to live. Six months. So he just, since it's six months, he now went to, he said, half of his earnings or their profits, moved it into a foundation to start helping the poor health sector all over the U.S., all over the world. As he moved the money, six months passed. Ten years passed. 20 years passed. He lived on to 80s. You can't be raising others up and go down. Especially when you do it with this understanding. Glory to Jesus. Come and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. To be a blessing. Yes. Can we rise up on our feet like people that are healthy? Rise up on your feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for today. Can we give thanks to him? Find a word. Find a song. Find something you want to thank him for. Either for what you have just learned also. Oh, we praise you, Lord, for, especially if you're a covenant child, if you're already saved, can you, uh, can you just praise him? Can you appreciate him? For those of us in this service, if you are not born again, you are not saved, I, I want to appeal to you to surrender your heart to Jesus. Surrender to him. He loves you. Don't, don't, don't let this pass you by. It's for your own good. You cannot save yourself. The world is so dark. We need the light of God to shine in our lives. While others are praying this beautiful morning, you're in this particular service, you want to surrender your heart to Jesus for the very first time. Or you want to rededicate your heart. I, I'd love you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. While others are talking to God, we've said so many things this morning. God bless you. You want to surrender your heart to Jesus for the very first time or rededicate your heart. Don't be looking around. Pray. Nobody should be looking around. Pray. Nobody should pray. Just lift one. God bless you. If you're watching us online, Anywhere uh, in the world, you want to surrender your heart to Jesus or rededicate your life to Christ, just lift one hand up. God bless you. And put the other hand on your chest and begin to pray. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much. I agree that you died on the cross for my sake. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Let your blood wash me clean. Jesus, wash me. Make me righteous. Come into my heart. Come in today. Come in to stay. 
I renounce evil. I renounce Satan to serve the living God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for rescuing me forever. I give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Lord, we want to thank you for this. Let me pray with the Lord. Thank you for these precious people that have surrendered their heart. The hold of darkness is broken forever. Holy Spirit, let the light of life take over their entire destiny. Let this one shine bright. They will never need to go back to darkness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There are things you must do to grow, to grow in the light that you have received. In the name of Jesus. Everyone in the assembly, can we put our hand on our chest? Father, I, I, I pray, we, we thank you for what we have learned. Let this light shine in our lives. Let us be examples of total health in our generation. But much more than that, use us as healing vessels. Your word says we shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Let this eternal life, this anointing, this power continue to flow through us to heal our world in the name of Jesus. And today I pray that as we partake of this um, covenant meal, communion table, Lord, anything that needs to die, dies in the name of Jesus. And anything that needs to come alive, comes alive in the name of Jesus. That sickness is not unto death. Your body begins to amend. Your vitality is restored. We call for healing mercy. Let it prevail in this service. Let every terminal sickness be done away with. Every generational ailment, let it be stopped. We start a new story. Healing story. Healthy story. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Glory to Jesus. Glory, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Oh, 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 oh